I'm Ann Labar. And I'm Lisa Lancer Rose. And this is This Animal Life. Lisa and I are educators and authors and very enthusiastic about all things animal. We have been talking about different animals. We're going to talk about cats. When I first started this, I was, I'd heard some story about uh, Freya, the goddess, and she's a Nordic god from Norse mythology. She is the goddess of love, beauty, sex, war, gold. <laughs> and she has a chariot pulled by two cats that were supposedly given to her by Thor. And I had heard, and it's, it's a common tale, I suppose, that brides were given a kitten at their wedding to, you know, set up their household and as a blessing from Freya. And, it, you know, it makes sense if you've got mice, you could give somebody a cat. But I really looked into it, and there's no documentation of it. They certainly liked cats. They had cats. Um, <laughs> they had rats. But this, you mean, you mean this kind of dowry practice, right. whatever yes. it is. That was not, not a real thing. Not a real thing. Maybe once somebody got one. Um, <laughs> Isn't it pretty to think so, though? Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was really cute. You know, we've talked about dog evolution and, you know, who domesticated who. And cats just, you know, I think that we had food. They were around where we were, vermin were. Easy hunting, easy pickings. You know, we go back to the Egyptians, but they had grain storage. They did. So you're pretty sure that the cats came with the grain when we started storing grain? Yes, I think so, because it was easy yeah. pickings. You know, you've got mice and, and rats and such beasts everywhere, and they are easy to catch when they're <laughs> fat and full. <laughs> And people like having them around. And they probably discovered if they were friendly, they got even better food. And they got rewarded for hunting. So, you know, we've got that idea that they're distant and independent. And they have been with us a really long time. So I was looking into an interesting question. There's a story, you may have seen it. It was oh. just in the news. Saw it in a couple of different places, but... The one place that had kind of the best write-up of it was uh, something engineering, wouldn't it? Let me go back. You're kidding me. No, I love it. Oh, interesting engineering. Interesting Ooh. engineering. And is it out of the UK? I'm not sure. It's .com. A lot of stuff that I end up looking at is out of the UK. But what happened was, this is the headline, cat dies defending family from one of Australia's most venomous snakes. Wow. So the kitty in, um, in Brisbane, Australia, okay. the family cat, Arthur, walking around with the girls from the family and a venomous snake. And I couldn't find out what venomous snake it was. Just know that everything in Australia will kill you. Um, so it's a snake. It's in Australia. It, there's no messing around with this thing. So it came right up to the kids. It just slithered up and the cat immediately okay. went after it, got it away from the girls. And, you know, cats and snakes are going to fight it out no matter what. But it did save the girls and it did die. 
Well, they took the cat to the vet, but they couldn't do anything for it. So it raises the question, are cats protective of us? Dogs certainly are. It's easy to say instinct on a lot of things. A cat's going to go after a snake. Okay, so the snake came on its yes into its realm. Yes. Its territory. The, these, and so the cat drove it off. Whether the girls are there or not, Probably, it would have done the same I thing. don't see a cat avoiding a snake. No? Mm-mm, no. Dogs won't. Dogs go right after it. You know, we all have that lizard brain snake reaction. And cats, yes. cats kill snakes. I mean. Well, if you take a anything like a piece of yarn. Yeah. And wiggle it on the ground to making that snake-like uh, slithering. They can't help themselves. They can't. <laughs> it's a reflex. Go for it. They can't. It's No. They react to that. It's a hunting behavior. Yes. Yes. So. You know, you could easily say that this is instinct, that the cat was not protecting the children. But of course, the cat saved the little girls' lives. The cat protected the girls. Intentionally or not. Intentionally or not. But there are a lot of questions. There are a lot of stories about cats saving their owners. Yes. And if we say that they're aloof, if we say they're independent, there was a recent study, uh, it was done at Oregon State University in Corvallis. And Kristen Vitali and her colleagues wanted to check, wanted to test and see if cats actually bonded to their owners. All right. It's so... very apparent that dogs do. Yeah. So what they did, it's a standard experiment with humans, is caregiver will leave the child alone in an unfamiliar environment and then return and securely attached kids tend to check in with the returning adult and then keep doing what they're doing and the less secure kids less who have a less secure attachment will kind of cling this sort of thing cling to them nervously and about 65 these experiments show that 65 percent of human children are securely attached to their caregivers. so if a child clings that child is not bonded no, it's they're bonded, but they're um, they're insecure. They're insecure. Okay. It's an insecure so the, the assumption yeah. is they're all already bonded. Yeah, they're bonded, but they're there isn't a bond that they trust. So maybe not. They don't know if you're coming back or not. Right, but they, if they weren't bonded, they wouldn't care. Oh, that's true. Hmm. I don't know. I don't that. know. I was going to say, how are they defining bond um, in the, ca in the yeah. cat experiment? Well, in the cat, they did the same experiment with kittens. Okay. With kittens and humans. Kittens and their peeps? Kittens and their peeps. And 64.3% approached their owners and gazed at or nuzzled them. Oh. These animals were considered or categorized securely attached. Categorized. I know. <laughs> And then they did a follow-up experiment involving 38 older cats, and they found the same proportion oh. were attached to their owners. And I love the last, this is an article from Animal Behavior. And it, I actually, no, actually it's from National Geographic, excuse me. Okay. Um, the last line of this little section is, maybe our cats actually love us after all, or most of them do anyhow. Um, <laughs> So how many of them did not check in with their um, 64%? Oh, 30, so 
36. 36. It's, sig- it's significant. Sig- significantly more than half of yes. the cats yes. checked in with yes. their people. Yes. Um, That's adorable. Specifically checked in with their people. So that there is a bonding. And if you have a cat that you've bonded with, I mean, I, oh my God, I think I was talking about Tommy, my first cat. I could yowl off the back porch and he could be like two miles away and he would yowl back and then he would come home, you know? <laughs> yes. Audrey and I have a call and response. Yes. And I know when she gets loose, um, I go out there and for, for us, it's very high pitched. I say, me? <laughs> It's almost like she can't help it. <laughs> and other people try it with her and she doesn't answer them. Ah, yeah. Me and me and Tommy were tight. <laughs> that poor cat. I, I wrote something about, oh, I had a picture of him up on Facebook and my sister-in-law wrote back and she said, I remember that poor cat. And <laughs> he was a top, he was so beat up because he was constantly oh. getting into fights because he was an unfixed male. He was huge. Yeah. Um, but he followed me around. He slept with me. I could call him. He's my cat. Yeah. Yeah. So there is, there, there are stories that are debatable, whether or not a cat would protect their owners out of a sense of protection rather than hunting instinct or <laughs> other, or it's otherwise. Like a- it's not resource guarding it's altruistic right right compassion yeah there's a amazing story about a stray cat named masha and she wrapped herself around an abandoned baby boy and kept him warm until emergency services picked him up and when they picked him up and they were carrying the baby to the vehicle the cat followed them and meowed the whole way wow so now that could have been maternal, but that's still, she's still protecting him. Yeah. Yeah. That I think whether or not that's an instinct, it's not a blind instinct. No. You know, not all animals have that. I mean, within not all cats have that. I, I've had cats that abandon their litters or like get off. Yes. Me, you know, <laughs> they're yes. not into it. And she generalized. This is yeah. the baby must have been at almost her size or bigger if it was a newborn yeah, yeah well yeah yeah it doesn't say how old the baby no. was but it was an abandoned baby boy so yeah <gasps> it's probably it kept him warm yeah. yeah in 2014 tara the cat fought off a dog attacking a four-year-old boy so that's a was little that videotape it probably 2014 there's absolutely a, there's a youtube video <laughs> of a of a cat driving off it was um, like a surveillance camera in the driveway. Oh, okay, It's quite something. Yeah. I mean, that's something they normally wouldn't do. I mean, they might hiss and, you know, they don't rare. I mean, they wouldn't necessarily go after a dog, would they? I don't know. I think it depends on how territorial. Yeah. And... The dog was actually attacking the boy. Okay. So that's a little different. It's not that the cat just went after the dog. The dog was attacking the little boy and the cat drove him off. Well, here's the thing. Even if, uh, I mean, in the case of resource guarding, right. like if we're talking about territory and if the cat sees its human as a resource because they provide <laughs> food and all. Yes. I mean, how much of a resource does a child give? The child isn't the one scooping the litter. Right. And exactly. Going out the, the kibble, isn't right? the lady with the food. 
yeah so that's interesting that there it's these are stories of them protecting children that aren't right you couldn't expect them to provide anything right to the cat. yes but even if the cat is protecting the person who provides i mean how is that different from what we do right i i think we maybe unfairly ascribe mercenary behavior to animals especially cats my husband anyway is always <laughs> saying oh she just wants food she just wants you to pet her and i'm i'm always thinking so yeah, exactly you know what do, what do you want from me <laughs> <laughs> i cuddle you i cook for you that's right you know i talk your ear off <laughs> i'm i'm a source of of much joy exactly <laughs> And there was another case, uh, oh, this is 2012, a young stray cat pudding was adopted by a mom and her son, and she fell into a diabetic coma. Whoa. And the cat jumped onto her and tried to nudge her. She did wake up a little bit, and the mother had time to kind of shout out to her son, but I don't think the son woke up, and the cat ran into his room and pounced on him until he woke up. Wow. So then he was able to call emergency services. Wow. I have heard of them waking you up because the house is on fire. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. But then again, wouldn't they, if they were what? That's true. Why so do many they of us think they are? Why don't they just save themselves? Right. Because a lot of like them could get out of did. the house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when our house was on fire, our cats went and hid under the stairs, the basement oh. stairs, which was oh, like okay. the, the firemen said that was the last place that anything would have collapsed or burned oh wow it was the safest place in the house wow and that's where the cats were they ain't stupid no they're not and it's it is hard to look at you know something as emotional as a cat taking care of a venomous snake that would have killed at least one of the children no doubt yes to say oh the cat saved us well yeah the cat did save you why it was a snake um but you know they do interact a lot more than i think we give them credit for yes and that they are very smart and there are countless stories of people and i think there's a lot of fire stories yeah just as a side um and then i have uh <laughs> something that i think is absolutely hysterical but there's this youtube video and i went looking for it because it killed me it's about a dog and a cat. When this first went up, I think everybody then, a lot of people were posting their dogs and cats taking walks together. But this dog and cat don't live together. And he's a little fluffy dog. And he walks up to a fence and a black and white cat looks down at him from the roof of an outbuilding. And then he leaps down. They rub up against each other and they go off taking a walk. And they uh do this every day at the same time wow and you don't know how they met <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how they know each other you know it's different if you've got a dog and a cat and they're friends and they live yeah. together yeah you know you know that happens um but this is he just goes and he gets her every day at the same time she jumps down and they go for a walk <laughs> that's such a horrible i know it's so cute um I just, I think when I first saw that, I watched it about 50 times and I'm like, what are they up to? You'll have to share the link. <laughs> yes. That's what I think I'm going to, I, oh, that was kind good. of my intention. Yes. 
So there's this book I love. It's Animal Wise by Virginia Morell. And it they talk a lot about dogs, but they're talking about it's about emotions and intelligence in animals. And dogs are easy because they're easy to test. And it was it was interesting because one of the oh, I don't know how many chapters it goes on for, but there was sort of a bias against doing research on family dogs because it wasn't seen as serious research because it's your dog <laughs> you know i guess it's the family dog right cuz we love them we're fascinated by them why should we study them right so there is no scientifically ba- i mean there's anecdotal stuff but then they finally started actually using them in the lab to study them and that sort of thing. So when she starts off, it's so funny because she barely touches on cats. But in the introduction, she says that she had hoped to visit scientists investigating cats' mental talents. Mm. And I'm quoting here. But unfortunately, very few researchers have looked into the feline mind. Mm-hmm. Those I spoke with emphasized that cats are bright. They're quick observational learners, for instance. But because cats are independent creatures, getting them to repeat experiments, as is typically required in cognitive studies, is extraordinarily difficult. And the example she gives, and this makes me giggle every time I read it, Emanuel Bermelin, an ethologist at the Society of Animal Behavior Research in Germany, explained how patient he had to be in order to run a test to see if cats could count. One of the cats would only do the test once in the morning, only. Mm. You do it once, you do it in the morning. No other time, not twice. Okay. Another one would do it once in the afternoon, only. Wouldn't do it in the morning. And it would only do it once. And it was in the afternoon. So (laughs) it had taken him four years (laughs) to show that cats can count to four. Wow. So... We could assume that they could actually count higher. If he had more patience. And, exactly. And yeah. Stuck it out a fifth I mean, year. Maybe they think could about count that to five. grant that he didn't get after that four years. His they took his funding away immediately. He had there to find you go. something else That's to do. Right. There's no way he got more funding for spending four years finding out that a cat could count to four. You know what, though, uh, as you were talking, you were describing this situation, I was thinking about references to how you can, how hard it is to study chimpanzees, mm. because they get bored. You, <laughs> you create these little, uh, you know, sensory deprived situations where they're in a maze or they're in a oh, right. barren room and there's a box and they have to stick their hand in or whatever. Um and they they start taking the box apart, you know, or they wander over and start looking out the window because they're they're like Calvin and Calvin and Hobbes. They're just <laughs> too smart and too imaginative, um, such creative, out of the box problem solvers that they can't focus because it's boring, you know, or because you're being weird about it, you know, you're you're That's pressuring true. them, and they don't see why. Why should they? They're stubborn. Why should I do this? You have to make right. it worth their while. Well, dogs will do things for a treat. Yeah, they want affection. a treat and they want to please you. They want to interact with you. The cats need, need to nap. Now, I, yeah, I think cats necessarily don't feel the need to get our appreciation. Not, not <laughs> they that. They want our affection. 
Yes. And they want our attention. And they're very social with us. They like to chill with you. Yeah. They'll give you a head they bump. They just want to be. Greeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They give you a little head bump, which they do with other cats. And this cat and dog do. Oh. <laughs> Before they go on their walk. I can't so, wait to see it. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> and I love that. It's like they're saying, people are wondering where they're going. What are they doing? <laughs> Are they just going for a walk? What's going on? Um, we need tabloids like that. that I know. <laughs> that is paparazzi following them, snapping photos. Follow them around, right. Yes. <laughs> I, I think to some extent they do care. And I think you you kind of came to that conclusion. That they care about people. They're bonded to their people. I didn't look into it. I don't know if they're sad if you go away. I think so. I think people talk about that. Yeah, I don't know if I can find it in myself to tell you the story of my mom's cat. But uh, yeah, some other time maybe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because, well, it doesn't matter. But you know those studies that they've done where they've trained dogs to lie still in MRIs machines? Yes. And then they show them pictures of their loved ones and of strangers or they show the uh, they have them smell something that their loved one has touched and then something that a stranger has touched and it turns out that the regions of the mind um, associated with love in us right they get the up. same burst of oxytocin so if and a all that mother stuff and the dopamine Yes. If we're looking at a picture of someone we're in love with or of our own child, our brain has a certain pattern in the MRI machine. And it turns out the dogs have the same pattern when they're looking at their people. So why wouldn't cats, if we could just train them to lie still in an MRI machine with all that banging going on? Not with the banging going on. They like enclosed spaces. (laughs) Yeah, right. Just put a cardboard box in there and a book. (laughs) They could like lie on the book. And then maybe you can show them a picture of you. They're not social like dogs are. No. Even in the, like they're solitary creatures in the wild. Cats are solitary. They only get together, you know, to mate. And then they chase each other off again and they boot the kittens out of the cave. Well, that is so interesting. I find that very confusing because, um, I mean, my cats, I've had cats all my life. Yeah, me too. Since I was really little, our, my first pet was a cat in, um, yeah, in, um, in Ghana. When we moved to Ghana, the people who lived in the house before us had left behind a white cat. And this is West Africa. The fact that the cat was named, was a white cat and it was named Snowball tells you that <laughs> it was, it was probably Americans. <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. People left it behind. Yankees, yeah. yeah. From D.C., Washington, D.C. Um, he had left it behind. And um, and it didn't... Uh, we heard that that cat was there. And I was so excited that we would have a cat. And yes. we didn't see it for like two weeks. Oh, okay. And the night watchman used to tell me that he had seen it. In the morning, I'd come out looking for it, and he'd say that he has seen it, and I didn't know if I should believe him or not. Is he just seeing people say stuff to kids to just right. you know, they don't want to disappoint them? But then the cat did come around, and why was that? Why, um, when the family that the cat had known disappeared, the cat stayed away from the house for a period of time. Okay, and, and it was probably watching us and getting a feel for our mm-hmm. ways and habits and figuring out whether or not it was safe. I think. 
maybe routine is much more important to cats than we realize. Probably, because people will talk about cats. You know, they got to do the rounds. They do this, yes. that, and the other thing before they sleep for the rest of the day. Yes. <laughs> They may be much more hyper aware. No wonder they're exhausted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like if you think about people who are just super sensitive. What is that <laughs> new diagnostic HSP, highly sensitive person? No, right, that, right. You know, or like yes. people like, like me, I, I think I qualify. If I have a tag in the back of my shirt, I, I cannot think until I cut the tag off. It has to be smooth. It's just so precious i'm so annoyed by myself and then, <laughs> you know and I, I can't concentrate if i hear somebody chewing i just go up the wall anyway maybe cats are just really really sensitive like that well I, they're very tuned in i mean they've got to be yeah because they're constantly hunting even a house cat so they've been domesticated but i don't know if they've been completely domesticated no <laughs> But it, they've got some the skills. Same, like their little brains take in all this information and yeah. then they find the routine and they find the safe places along the wall to travel. Right. And the safe yes. place. And they need to sleep so much. They have to find a safe place. They have to know it's going to be safe there. So they have to really study an environment. Or warm. You know, yes. I grew up, you put the clean clothes on the dryer, on top of the dryer when they were done. And for the cat. For the cat. Um, no, but that's where the cat would end up. It'd be on your clean clothes on top of the dryer because it was nice and warm. Yeah, they like to lie on new stuff too. If you just put a piece of paper in the oh, middle of the table, you, you turn away and you look and the cat is on lying on the piece. It has to lie on the thing. Why is that? I don't know. They're not reading it. I'm pretty sure they're not reading it. <laughs> All my writer friends post pictures of yes. like their cats sitting on the laptop, you know, like I'm not getting any work yes, done today. Remember back when people actually read newspapers, you would open the newspaper and the cat would come and oh, yeah. just walk onto it. And, and just walk yes. onto it and just like lay what down. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. They're territorial. Yeah, I really want to know what they're getting out of lying on something now that I think about it. I put placemats out. Yeah. She's got to, she picks one. She doesn't lie on them all pick on one she just parks there <laughs> but she mm -hmm. picks one <laughs> yeah I have a picture of a um our cat on I had a quilting hoop where I was quilting uh -huh. this big piece of quilt and the cat is curled up in the ring on top of the quilt I'm working on that's funny they, they do try to get inside things yeah I don't know that could be safety yeah it's hard not to attribute a lot because different animals have different personalities. Yep. Different cats. You know, they do. Every single one of them. Different cats have different personalities. And we're trying to generalize like crazy right here, right now. Yeah. And it's really, it, but because they can be different, it's easy to make them into little people. Well, um, because but as, they have character. They have personality. Because they have character, they have person. They're psychopaths, but they're. <laughs> I think we need to define the word "person" to include animals or anything that can have a personality. Well, yeah. Well, I introduced Buddy the Border Collie as when we took him into the groomer yesterday, and he was greeting everyone on the way in and saying hello to all the dogs. And I'll say, "Oh," and somebody said, "Can I? Can I pet him?" And I said, "Oh, yeah, he's a people person." And she's like, "Oh, I wish she had this little like." fluff ball of a dog that was just snarling on the edge of it oh, <laughs> she goes, oh i wish my dog was a person people person he's, he doesn't like any so she didn't bat an eye at your use of the word person oh no 
But again, depending on the animal, it's easier to attribute human qualities to them. You know what I ran into? What? This is a writing, writing aside. My young adult novel, Prom Theory, that just came out, has a very knowledgeable young lady as the protagonist, as our heroine, in the beginning is asking her mother not to give names to appliances and talk to them because and she says that's enough anthropomorphism in the house kind of thing that you consider them family members Mm. and then I realized while I was looking at that the other day that I don't think that's the correct use of anthropomorphism why isn't it (laughs) because it's giving human attributes to animals not to objects or I've got to check that out. Yeah, because this I was th- a thing in... There's a personification. Right. We had to make this distinction when I was teaching literary criticism in the International Baccalaureate Program. And I used to know this. Yeah, what's the difference between personification and anthropomorphism? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... I think the correct term would be personification. We're going to maybe... have to put these definitions in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look that up because I'm I'm gonna have to do like a an author note or something. <laughs> or next episode. Yeah. We'll have to Iris this. realizes she's wrong and Iris is never wrong. The the dictionary corner. You were talking about the intelligence of cats, the problem solving cats, and then I had said something about them uh, being too smart for these for boring studies. Yeah, for laughing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was remembering this cat we had named Helen was my daughter's cat. And one day, or actually it was one night, my daughter had gone to bed. And usually Helen slept with my daughter, right? It was her cat. And I don't know how she got shut out of the bedroom. And maybe we need to discuss cats' relationships with the doors. Yes, I think that's very important. But I was in my office, and from my office where the door was open, I could see my daughter's closed door. And I probably only remember this because I was emailing somebody at the time. And I and I wrote what I was seeing in this email. It was a a friend of mine who was a big cat lover. So I think we were talking about whether or not cats were smart. Oh, okay. We might have been chatting. This might have been in the instant messenger days. Oh, aim. Yeah, this was it wasn't a, a chisel yeah. <laughs> hammer, but it was close. <laughs> I was communicating with this friend. Uh, and so uh, the cat was faced with the problem of getting into the room, or at least getting the door open so that she could just sit there in the doorway and not make right. her mind, um, which cats do too. So um, she sat there for a second, and then she lay down on her side and stuck one leg under the door and waved <laughs> it back and forth. Yes seemed to me like she was trying to get my daughter's attention like hey come open the door mm-hmm. uh, but I can't know why she did that right there there wasn't anything on the other side that she would have been swatting at and so that failed the door did not open so she sat up and then she picked up a paw and she pushed on the door and I remember thinking holy shit um, that's pretty smart to use your paw to push the door yes and the door was fully closed, so the latch bumped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she just sat there a second. I'm like, well, she's out of options, right? <laughs> and then she picked up her paw 
and she turned it over. Yes. And she slid it under the door and then she curled her nails and pulled the door oh, toward her. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then my mind was blown and I had to concede that this, this cat knows that doors open two different ways. Oh, okay. Or they can. Yeah, yes. 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 So she tried that and it failed because in that case, I think it was hitting the frame because the door opened inward. She had it right the first time. Mm. Uh, so I thought we were done, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, we went on talking about something else and then the cat, but the cat didn't give up. She's still sitting there. And then she stood up on her hind legs and stretched her paws way above her head and she reached for the doorknob. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a cat do that. And then, you know, my mind had already been blown. And now I, I was just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Because the only way she would have thought of that is by watching us. Right. That's how well, we it says they're observational learners. Yes. So they'll know where we put things. They'll know how a door opens. They've seen it happen. Um, yeah. I had one that this always amazed me. It was so clear that there was an understanding of cause and effect. Okay. I had a little plastic pool table with little, little balls. And it came with like, speaking of opening doors, the ferret just opened my door. That's how it's going on there. So anyway. I saw you open the door. I was like, what's Well, happening? I had to let him out. And then he just came over and he Aww. opened the door again. Because this door cannot be closed. Same thing. How about that? But it was, so you had like a little spring thing that you would like pull back and then hit the ball with and play ball, mm -hmm. right? Yes, Un I know what you're talking about. Underneath the pool table was then the holes went down and it went into a little trough. The balls would okay. go into a trough. So the cat would, you know how they tap things, tap, 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 tap. And she'd tap the ball into the hole. And then as quickly as she could, she'd put her paw upside down underneath the pool table and run it back and forth. Uh-huh. Looking for the ball. I put it in the hole. It didn't come out the bottom. Where's the ball? And she would do that yes. all day. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd look. But it was sort of like, oh, she knows that the ball should, the ball fell. How come it's not coming out the bottom? Yes object permanence i guess i don't know yeah but no, knows yeah. knows that if you push something through a hole it's going to come out the other end mm -hmm. and i am getting absolutely attacked here <laughs> because the door is not closed all the way and it's not opened all the way he will take his entire body to open the door if it's too heavy he'll lay down put his paws on the door frame and his feet around the door and kind of use himself as a lever to push the door open with his legs. Yeah. His long crowbar body. Heave ho. I don't know if I told you we had two cats and a ferret at one point. And they had to be, all three of them, in the same room I was all day long. And I had kids in like elementary school. So, you know, this was my time. And it was worse than having the kids at home. I would go to the bathroom. And these paws would come up under yes. the door. And I would open the door and it would be like cat, ferret, cat, all waiting for me to oh. open the door. 
all lined up. And I'm like, don't you guys have something better to do except for wait for me in the toilet? <laughs> That's what I was going to say before. I, I feel like cats seek me out. I mean, my cats. Yes. I don't mean other people's cats. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, when I walk out on the lanai, the cat hangs out there quite a bit. And um, yeah. if I sit down, she comes over and joins me. When we go out to eat out there, she comes and sits on the table and annoys Albie. He says, why is the cat on the table shedding on our food? <laughs> <You know? laughs> he thinks that's rude. Yeah, try to keep the cat off the table. Yeah, good that's luck. not going to happen. Mm -mm. That's what someone said. Um, I was in a play group once and one mom was like, well, I don't, you know, I'd have it. The, the kids want a cat, but, how, you know, I just don't want them on the counters. And what about when you're not home? You know, I you can train them to stay off the counters. I'm like, the minute you walk out that door, they are on the counter. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's not okay. You know, she <laughs> I had a friend who refused to eat at my house when she saw that my cats walked on the counter. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I thought, how sad, how sad for you. They would have would have loved my house. The cat would get up on the counter and would only drink water out, oh, of, out of the faucet. water glass. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, out of the water glass. Wouldn't drink out of a bowl. I had to pour him a glass of water and set it on the counter. And she would drink See, out of that. See, this is why people think that cats use us too. You know, and they do. That, <laughs> that there's something um, regal about them. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're imperialists. Yes, the way they hold them. Yeah, I don't know how that started. You know, I'm sure I left the glass of water on the counter and she was drinking from it. Yeah. And I kept trying to give her water in the bowl and it wouldn't work. And finally, I just put it in the glass and let her have that. <laughs> the fact that they like to drink from faucets set at a fast drip is another yes. reason that you shouldn't even try to keep your cat off the counter because how else are they going well, to get up to the faucet? That's right, because they need to. Because they need to have that fast drip <laughs> pleasure sometimes. I um, I had hoped, and I think I squashed my hopes. I wanted to talk about toxoplasmosis. Why did you squash toxoplasmosis? <laughs> because I, I wanted love to toxoplasmosis. Talk we about to talk about it. The parasite. Yes. And that, but parasites, protozoa, and I have to double check. But protozoa, par some parasites are animals. Yes. Not all parasites are animals. No. But if they're one cell, they're not. So I wanted to argue for toxoplasmosis as an animal. And we could keep that under the animal thing because. Uh, so you don't want to talk about it today because I. No, actually, there's more. When, when we were talking about people. There's more research, though. Yeah, people who want to uh, eat at our houses because. Right. Of toxoplasmosis. They probably already have it. But <laughs> there's a book that I have. Almost everybody has it. Um, there's a book that I have called Never Home Alone. And. It has a chapter on toxoplasmosis that I have not read, but Carl has, and he refuses to ever have a cat again. Toxoplasmosis? Um, yes. You know, I had a friend who had a cat named Toxo. <laughs> I had one named Clytemnestra. <laughs> Clit for short. Yeah, nice. That's, no, uh, yeah, that's, that's why we click, because you're so classy. <laughs> oh, I know. I even have a poem, but it says Clytemnestra. Oh. Well, that's because it's literary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but we can, you know, at some point I do want to talk about 
toxoplasmosis. It's a protozoan. Yeah, see, they're not animals. Aren't they? No, no. they're not. They only have one cell. You have to have more than one cell to be an animal. That's not fair. <laughs> I know. It's always, <laughs> it's always us and them. Maybe you need to have mitochondria. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I believe one-celled animals are not animals. <laughs> Is toxoplasmosis the parasite that makes rats serve themselves to cats? Yes. Well, see, and that's why I want to do more research on it, because they have proven that it affects people. Yes. You know, and the joke is that it makes us like cats more. <laughs> but um, it has... that's how cats control us. Yeah, exactly. With toxoplasmosis. That's why you were filling that glass of water. But it can affect people's uh, personality. But it's Carl said it's much more insidious than that. So I want to read that chapter and because it does have some behavioral Amazing. It changes our behavior so i know parasites are creepy and we can talk about parasites okay. so we'll do a episode An on parasites yes. animal parasites animal we're sticking yeah. it we have animal to have parasites. boundaries somewhere you gotta have healthy boundaries you have some boundaries you, <laughs> okay. you gotta have more than one cell to be included I will reluctantly <laughs> allow that limitation. Yes. Yes. As long as so we, we can, can talk about slime molds. <laughs> oh, okay. absolutely. They're more than one cell. I think they are considered, actually, they are considered animals because fungi Stop it. are considered animals. <laughs> Not. And you're it's pulling true. my leg. That's all that I matters. Think it's true. These days, <laughs> you just need an opinion. You can say anything you want. Just say it. Yeah, right. It's yeah. Close enough. Let's just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. We just keep yeah, repeating yeah, yeah, it yeah. and it'll be true. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And people will believe us. If not, then we won't like them. So. Ah, they're unique and separate life forms. Fungi are not plants. But they are in a kingdom. They're in their own kingdom. They were listed in the plant kingdom for many years. And then scientists learned that fungi show a closer relation to animals, but are unique oh, and damn. separate life forms. Can't wait to find out what we discover on Mars. Oh, I know. Yes. Are we excited? Yay. Very excited about Mars. It surprised me how many people were excited about Mars. Who knew? Because, I yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. Because who knows what they're going to find? So we've been watching Ken Burns' The West, and they were talking about the gold rush in California, and how they had to ship everything in, and they even shipped in a crate of cats <laughs> to catch okay. the mice in this new city. So they actually shipped in cats. Wow. Which you don't think about, you know, it is a very conscious thing. We take cats where we go because we don't want vermin in the house. We like the cats. We don't like the rats. Yes. That makes sense. Do you? Yeah. So the West is very good. And they do you said earlier, oh, no, I'm just 
carrying the conversation forward, but about um, yeah, go right when you were earlier, when you were talking about how we domesticated, if that's the word, we, we the symbiotic relationship, is it symbiotic where we both benefit? Yeah. I, from I, it? Yeah. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Generally I, don't I would harm each other that much, right? The relationship itself right. is not harmful to one or the other. It's mostly. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, I wondered if we didn't just like watching them, you know, they're, if hmm. they didn't appeal to our sense of beauty and wonder, is that enough? Oh, is that enough? Gorgeous. Even then, even when we were Neanderthals or. I would think if we, I mean, a large cat, we're certainly there above us on the food chain early on, <laughs> you know, tigers, yes. et cetera. However, so they're scary, but I do think that from a distance, how, how could, could you, you not, not see the, yes, admire them? I, when we talked about dogs, about border collies, I was saying that one of the appeals, maybe the most appealing thing about my border collies is that little thrill I get when I see the wolfishness in them. And a wolf, yes. uh, I've seen them, I've been up close to them in, um, you know, yeah. in a zoo, say. Um, it's quite frightening how big they are. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Yes. I, there, there's this moment where you go, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize they were that tall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yes, they're not yes. a collie. <laughs> so you have the uh, terrifying thing in a manageable size and therefore you can study it and maybe it will save you. Oh, okay. The, the, the better you know it and it's in its ways. Um, it may just, just your exposure, your familiarity with that creature may help you survive the bigger, more scary one. Maybe there's something mm. like that in the appeal to cats because we love how we we like to say they're little tigers or how pantherine they are. Oh right, um, and certainly right. they're um, they're devastating hunters. Oh, so the better yes. you know what triggers them, how they sneak around, the, the feline gestalt, then maybe you could save yourself from a saber toothed tiger. Oh, that could be, but maybe certainly stay out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just sort of running with an E.O. Wilson thing where he, he talked about oh, how okay. we share yeah. with primates. I think I mentioned this before. Um, a fascination with snakes, a fear of and fascination with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's a hunting cat story. Well, I had two brutal tomcats when we lived in um, our old farmhouse, which you visited. Mm -hmm. um, we had a platform feeder for the birds up on a on a post with a little roof way over out of the it, way right outside well no right outside the dining room window you know so you can watch sure. the birds and we're and we're all sitting around the table eating dinner and there's birds on the platform feeder and our black cat launches himself jumps up through the platform gets a bird still mid-air and through the other side and down he runs off. Wow. So he jumps up, leaps, grabs a bird, doesn't stop, keeps going. And <laughs> we were all like, huh? <laughs> it was a little disturbing. Say, weren't your daughters little girls then? Yes, they no. were. <laughs> yeah, it was quite brutal. And they did. We had to um 
the both of the, both cats they were litter mates so they hung out together we literally had to sweep tails off of the basement floor every morning wow yeah and i was fine with it until devil the black cat that jumped through the bird feeder and caught a bird midair came home with a woodpecker oh no and then i was very angry i was very fair actually i have a poem I think it's called Litany. No, it's not Litany. It's Roll Call of the Dead, where <laughs> in very formal language, I go through all of the animals that they have killed. <laughs> yeah. The squirrel You're from the You're supposed to keep your cats indoors. I know. I do now. I didn't then. Decimated bird, yes. wild bird population. Yeah, it's very, yeah. it's very bad. Yeah, it's very bad. It is. Our cat's allowed outside, but only on the lanai. She can't. She can't get anybody but lizards. And right now, I mean, I feel for them. I, I hate for anything to yeah. suffer and die young. But the world is not. I mean, the the population of green anoles is. I not think it's threatened. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. It's going. On. We've gotten to know some of them pretty intimately, like oh, by I name. Bet. Yeah. Yeah, because they have they have their little territories yeah. too, and they're they're out there on the orchids. Yeah. So. I start to recognize. I'm so jealous of your, your lizard wildlife. You I'm are very jealous of the lizard wildlife. Are you kidding? You're a fan of the reptile. I am you? actually not as much as my youngest daughter, which I think is hysterical because she's not an animal person. I think she just vibrates sitting still. She just moves constantly, whether she you can see it or not. And I think it upsets mm -hmm. animals. Um, yeah, that could be. You know, peacocks attack her. She always got bit at the petting zoo. <laughs> but I, her, she know, and lizards, man, they're tight. She's good when with When we lizards. talked about self-isolation, mm -hmm. you know, during um, do other animals um, isolate yeah. for health reasons, you know, if there's a disease coming through. And we talked about how some of them will attack the thing that's not behaving right. Right. Because it may indicate that there's a transmissible disease yes. in that creature. I wonder if there's that kind of thing where a person isn't behaving quite the same way, like is striking them as something is a little off. It's unsettling. <laughs> yes. The child and then moves you think he... at a microscopic level constantly. She just vibrates at a low frequency. Yes, you know? they're like that. I always thought. Or a high frequency. You know, they talk about why does the mailman get bitten? Mm -hmm. like why do dogs bite mailmen? Right. And they come up to, you've probably heard this, they come up to the house, they ring the doorbell, and then they turn, or they, you know, drop something off, and then they turn and go. So they approach, the dog barks, and then they turn and go. And the fact that, it's not that they intruded or that they rang the doorbell or anything, it's this behavior that the dog barks and the person turns. It's just a coincidence, but it, right. the dog interprets it as that creature was up to no good. It's running. And they're coward and they're running away. Right. And so that triggers the chase attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told you about the time I was walking my dog and a cat was approaching on the sidewalk. And we had cats and my dogs always chase them. So he felt pretty confident that this cat was going to run. And as we neared each other down the block, the cat did not run. The cat slowed down. The cat sat. And we were approaching and the dog was pulling at the end of the leash, eager to chase the cat the mm -hmm. way he did at home. And then there came a point when it was pretty clear 
at least to the dog, that the cat was not going to move. Like there was, we, we had gotten near enough that the cat should have started to look a little nervous right. and maybe should have started to move in the other direction. And the cat didn't, it just sat there and it just maintained eye contact. And my dog began to slow down. And then he began to drop behind me. Oh. And then he pulled to the other side of the street. We had to, we had to cross the street. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Yeah. That yeah. cat was given off. That's some called vibes. holding your ground. Yes, yes, it is. No, Buddy just, Buddy wants a cat. Yeah. We go to the vet and it's so exciting because there's cats in boxes. <laughs> wow. How fun for the cats. <laughs> oh, I know. Poor thing. <laughs> he just wants to chase a cat. So, so badly. And do we know what it is about cats? We don't. Do they love us? Do they bond? They do I think they do bond. I think they've done studies. It shows they bond to particular people. Like my mom always said, you don't pick the cat. The cat picks you. Mm, true. Because it drives, you used to drive me nuts. I'd bring a cat home and it would attach itself to my mother. And I'd be like, that is not fair. Um, now, one thing we haven't talked about is whether or not a person can speak cat. Oh, that's true. Because I think there's a certain way to behave. That okay. Telegraphs to a cat that you're a cat person. And it's some I'm basic sure morale, things. meowing helps because I automatically meowing do helps. That. <laughs> they probably think, what the? They're hell? like, oh, he's are making an saying, effort. What are you making a noise? Oh, all right, whatever. <laughs> yes, you can pet. Me. All right. <laughs> um, don't look directly at them. Yeah. You know, you can look toward them. And if you do make eye contact, you do the slow blink. Mm -hmm. That's I'm the not best. A threat. Yes. Yes, that's what that says. I always do that with my cat and or with a, a stray cat. You make eye contact and then blink and look just a little bit away. You know, I'm not running. I'm not scared. But yeah, I'm also not going to hunt you down or impose myself on you. I will often, if I see a cat who's, you know, a little distance away, I'll hunker. I'll get down on my, I'll squat and put out my hand. They're so cute when they sit like that. <laughs> It's like the far um, side cartoon. I know. <laughs> they, they come up, they come up to see them. But then usually the cat, and if the cat comes to me, then I'll pet it. But if it doesn't come to me, and yes. it's not interested. Except for the time when I came out um, from teaching a night class at Muhlenberg College. And I saw a cat on the edge of the, you know, there was that field by the parking lot. So I came out and I saw a cat and I was like, oh, and it's like 10 o'clock at night. There's nobody around. I'm like, yeah, kitty, 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 kitty. And I'm walking up. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. I am at the cat's nose. <laughs> it's a skunk. <laughs> it was Pepe Le Pew. And I was like, oh, not a cat. And I slowly backed away. <laughs> I am so, very slowly did I leave. <laughs> One time I was walking in my neighborhood and I saw a cat on the other side of the street and it had frozen with these big eyes, these glowing big eyes, and it was frozen with one paw up. And I was so amused that the cat was so startled by me that it had frozen and hoped I wouldn't notice it. You know, it's not even breathing. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go over to that kitty and I'm going to do the slow blink and I'm going to squat and I'm going to hold out like hold out my hand cupped like this so they can put their head under it or you you hold out one finger and wait and they'll come rub their nose on your finger so you know I'm, I'm ready to I cross the street I'm gonna do that and the cat still doesn't relax it doesn't look away it's just frozen in terror 
And I keep approaching and keep approaching. And then, um, and it's like right in the middle of this garden. They had like a vegetable garden in their front yard. And the cat was like frozen right in the middle of the garden. And then as I got nearer, the wind picked up and the cat turned on a stick. <laughs> it was a scarecrow. It was just a flat piece of cutout metal on a stick, like a wind vane. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that was a hallucination. At least mine had a big fluffy tail. I mean. <laughs> Did anybody see me? You know, oh, there's a kitty crossing the street. I'm holding out my hand. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was so embarrassed. Oh, yeah, I would be. Oh, yeah. Like, Scarecrow made a fool of me. Yeah. Well, I didn't get sprayed. And that was a blessing. No. That was good. Well, I hope that cat scared away a lot of birds and rabbits from eating their vegetables. Yes. And I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Well, if it fooled me, <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I hope it fooled the little woodland creatures. Fear of cats is allurophobia, I think. Mm. Why would people have fear of cats? That's another episode. Yeah. <laughs> the whole Yes, I think. Or, or any, any fear of a creature. Yeah. And how come I'm interested in how come some people have it and some people don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if it's what you're raised around or if you just have a natural inclination. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I was often, both my kids are very interested in animals, one more than the other. But I, from the time they could talk, I'd be like, oh, look, a bunny, you know? <laughs> Seems like children are born with a fascination for I think so. creatures that we share yeah. with this planet because we're social and the better you understand them, the more likely you are to survive on this planet earth. Well, cats are smart. We know that we know they are smart. They would just, they don't think it's important that we know how smart. <laughs> it does not matter to them that we know they can no. count. What do they want from us, Anne? Food, love. I think, yeah, respect Warm. for their for their autonomy. The top the more of the you dryer. Respect the cat's <laughs> autonomy. You, you see the cat as an individual person, as we were saying earlier, a character uh, with its yes. own desires and motivations and fears and and all that. The more you respect that autonomy, the closer they will come to right. you. Right. And because they respect that in you too. I think that's true. Unless you're trying to read something. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Or you were just going thing. to use that box for something. Now you're, they've thrown your whole day. <laughs> they put all four paws in the tissue box. They don't even fit and they're in the box. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. <laughs> just my daughter's girlfriend holds a plastic grocery bag down for yeah. the cat and the cat comes and jumps in like a roo <laughs> and then she picks up the bag and the cat is inside the bag and kind of like playing thrashing around in there 
and and she swings him and then puts it down and he he'll get out and he wants to do it again <laughs> that's really strange <laughs> yeah they sent me a video of that that's really cute they it should put cute. that on youtube they should probably did they probably did everything's on youtube they're everywhere i know those two <laughs> yeah they're they're on many social media platforms yes as most young people are i can't keep up Anne. i know i can't either but it's okay it is we'll, we'll just have pets yeah and we'll just talk here yeah. hopefully yes about animals with other animal people yes so they need to email us animal stories. <laughs> Get out that stone and chisel and hammer and <laughs> exactly. your animal stories. That was your, your animal stories. About Did your cat what? ever save your life? Does or your cat love you? Your How do you know? How do you know your cat loves you? Prove it. <laughs> Is your cat altruistic? Oh. And how do you know? Yeah. Does your cat care about anything other than himself? I think people will argue. I think people would argue that. I think that there's no question they're smart. That's just. Right. But are they selfish little pricks? <laughs> I think some are, again, depending on yes. the personality. Yes. And then you have kinder, gentler, more generous. Yes. Yes. Well, I told you we had a tomcat that babysat, you know? Mm-hmm. So, or you can just say hi. I like it when people say hi. The little head just bump. Yeah. So just give us a little like, it when people like subscribe. Give us a head bump. Yep. It's like, yeah, it's like the little rate, bump. review, and subscribe. Head bump. Please. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Head bump. Give us a head bump. Give us a five star head bump. Because <laughs> that would be helpful. <laughs> little positive reinforcement. So we keep doing what we're doing. Or, that's right or, you know they can train us <laughs> yeah just pat pat us on we the can head make this and show please. exactly what you want it to be just by exactly <laughs> shaping our behavior with your with positive reinforcement <laughs> tell us what that's you right. like tell us what you would like more of you don't have to say exactly. what you don't like you don't have to say what you don't want more nope. of just no yeah there's only so and we know you will <laughs> But, that's, like. not but that, that's okay too that's demoralizing yeah that will extinguish behavior maybe more than you want it also creates hostility and reactive behavior <laughs> yeah we could get hostile yeah uh, we won't yeah we could get bitey get bitey you don't want us to Nip. get bitey <laughs> Growly and bitey. No, that's not good. <laughs> Those are good cat names, though. Yeah, they are. Speaking of cat names, I heard you should always name your cat the opposite of what it is. So I once knew a really tiny cat named Gorilla. Oh. That was a good cat name. Yes. Well, that's cats. That's the musical. Yes. God save us all. <laughs> well, the play was good. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that I argue was as fun well. to watch. It wasn't so much of a story, but well, it's not the a dancing story. and the it's singing a were good. Poems. Exactly. T.S. Eliot is rolling in his grave. 
He's probably saying, I should have never written those cat poems. I should have gone out on proof rock in the wasteland. <laughs> I know every word to every song, Anne. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was a theater major, not a musical theater Oh, major. see. There you <laughs> so we go. Were, we were the ones who couldn't sing and dance and were snobs about it. It was like the sour grapes thing. Like, we do drama. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that show kid thing. It's because we can't do the show kid <laughs> thing or we probably would. <laughs> I see. We're serious. I was free to enjoy it. <laughs> like the troglodyte that I am. <laughs> Alrighty then. Alrighty then. <gasps> to explore more of this animal life, Please subscribe, rate, and review. It would help us immensely, and we will be eternally grateful. Go to www.thisanimallife.com for more links and information on this and other episodes. Our music, as always, was composed and performed by Chip Salerno. Find more of Chip's music on soundcloud.com. Until next time.